Hi there, I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. I'm doing a podcast with you today for National Pecan Day. As a general rule, I'm not a huge pecan eater, but I have a recipe that is to die for that I didn't try for the longest time because, because, so, okay, so I got the recipe about a year and a half ago. And I, um, at the time, was really closely watching how many calories a day I was eating. And I did the math on this one. So this is your forewarning. The math on this one and the number of calories per piece prompted me to put it away. Put it away without even trying to make this recipe. And uh, it took a year and a half before I worked up the courage to go ahead and try it. And there is good reason to put it away because it's really high in calories and not particularly healthy. And the reason not to put it away is it is amazing. It's an amazing recipe, but of course it would be with all the things I'm going to tell you that go in it. It's called Sweet Alabama Pecan Bread. It is not in any way, shape, or form a bread. It is more like a bar cookie So we make it in a brownie pan. The original recipe makes twice as much of this in a 9 by 13 pan. And I can give you those ingredient amounts. If I remember, I'll try to do it at the end. But it is so rich and so irresistible that I think a smaller pan is better. Knowing that, I'm going to give you the tools first. You want an 8 by 8 inch square pan. Nine by nine would probably also work, but they're going to be thinner, so you'll have to watch the baking time. You want some cooking spray. You want either a wooden spoon or a silicone spoon, something that is easy to clean off. The recipe asks for a wooden spoon. I have no idea why, unless there's some weird chemical thing with a metal spoon. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to use silicone. I used wood last time. I'm going to use silicone today. Another tool that it's handy to have is a nut chopper. We're going to grind these up pretty fine. So you can totally do that on your cutting board with a sharp knife. But I have a a sort of a grindy thing where you turn the handle to chop the nuts. And I'm going to use that. And that seems a little faster and maybe get a few more uniform pieces. So if you have one of those, you'll want to pull that out too. That's really all you need in terms of equipment besides a bowl. The ingredients... You may have to shop for, depending on whether you keep pecans in your house. But I'm going to hope that you have something. I haven't tried this with walnuts. It might be just as good if you have walnuts to give it a shot. But since I'm doing it for pecan day, it's going to be pecans on my end. So you're going to need a cup of pecans that we're going to chop up really finely. You need three quarters of a cup of self-rising flour. If you have self-rising flour in the house, that's terrific. You can skip part of this podcast. You can fast forward through it. If you don't have self-rising flour in the house, I'm going to tell you how to make it because I don't buy self-rising flour. It's too easy to make. And I'm sure you have the ingredients for making it in your house. So we'll just do that as part of this podcast. You need a half cup of sugar, a half cup of brown sugar, a half cup of vegetable oil, So there you get the idea of why these are so high in calories. You need two eggs. You need a teaspoon of vanilla extract. I'm going to use the Penzi's Double Strength Vanilla, so I'm going to use a half a teaspoon. 
but I'm doubling the vanilla in the recipe. If you were to find it online somewhere, I'm doubling the vanilla because why not? And then you need an eighth of a teaspoon of salt. The only real do ahead is preheating your oven to 350. So go ahead and get that started. And we'll call the making of the self-rising flour also, we'll call that a do ahead as well because you want it all ready to go before we start cooking. It's a very fast recipe to make. And like most of my recipes, it's really easy and you just mix things up. All right now, self-rising flour. It's only three ingredients. And I should have added these in the ingredient list. I'm sorry, we'll pretend that this is still the ingredient list. You're gonna need three quarters of a cup of regular all-purpose flour. You need a teaspoon of baking powder and a half a teaspoon of salt. And all we're gonna do is mix those together. And like usual, because we don't want this to turn out too dry and dense, I'm gonna stir the flour up first and spoon it into the measuring cup to the three-quarter mark and then dump that in a bowl. And then we add a teaspoon of baking powder. It could be a little scant. Doesn't need quite a full teaspoon, but just think of it as a teaspoon that you accidentally didn't get all the way full. And a half a teaspoon of salt. You just put those all in a bowl together and stir it up. And there you have it. Stir it up really well so that that all gets distributed around in the flour. That is self-rising flour. That's all there is to it. And sometimes I'll make up big batches of this because I make pizza at home without yeast. I use a self-rising flour for that. So I just make a big bin of this and I keep it ready to go. If you decide you want to do that, it's easier to do it by the full cup. So here are the quick measurements for self-rising flour. A cup of flour, one and a half teaspoons of baking powder, and a half teaspoon of salt. And you just multiply that by however much you want to keep in a canister or whatever, and you're good to go for anything that asks for self-rising flour. The next thing we're going to do is chop some pecans. So we want a cup of pecans, and I think we'll measure them ahead of time. Sometimes when I do this, I just I chop the pecans until I have a cup of chopped pecans. But the way the recipe talks about it, it says a cup of pecans finely chopped. So this is kind of an experiment. I'm filling a measuring cup with pecans right now. And I am going to chop those up and throw them on the floor, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to see how close to a cup it is once it's all ground up. If, again, you're, you don't have a, a nut grinder of some sort, just spread them out on your cutting board. Oh, more for the floor. They're just jumping out of the hopper here. But just spread them out on your cutting board and use a really sharp knife, like a chef's knife, and just cut them up. Just run it across the nuts until they're really finely chopped up. Oh, this is such fun, really. I'm supposed to chop them evenly, but I see that a big piece of one got in. That was about half of what I got here. Put the wrist in. This time I'm going to put my hand on top so they don't jump out. Like I said, when I've done this before, I don't measure the nuts ahead of time. I just throw them in, and when it gets to the one-cup mark on my grinder container, I stop grinding. 
this will answer my question about how much different that is. I'm not sure this is really any faster than doing it on a cutting board. Maybe best advantage here is that it's going into a container. Although if you've got a bench scraper, scooping up a bunch of nuts is a cinch. In fact, I used a bench scraper last night to scoop up vegetables to put into my mac and cheese. Yes, yes, I did put vegetables in my mac and cheese. I'm trying to make it, you know, more healthy. I put chicken and broccoli in it. And I used the bench scraper to scrape all that stuff up, including the cheese. You know what? I had a, uh, what do you call it? A, um, oh, box grater. That's it. It's called a box grater. And I grated up my cheddar. And then when it came time to put the cheddar into the pot, I just put the bench scraper, I just slid it right underneath that box shredder and carried the whole shebang over to the pot and then slid the bench scraper away from the bottom and the cheese fell right into the pot. It was cool. It was like, why haven't I done that always? Why, why have I ever done it any other way? Boy, that was a sidetrack. Anyhow, if you don't know what a bench scraper is, they're really useful, handy tools. They don't take up a lot of space in your kitchen and you can see what they look like if you just go to the web and type in the words bench scraper and you'll find some pictures. Well, it turns out it doesn't matter whether you measure the pecans as a cup before you grind them or after you grind them. It's still a cup. If anything, as weird as this seems, there may be more pecans if you measure them ahead of time. Go figure. All right, now we're ready for the next step. So we're going to spray the pan. And because this has so much sugar in it, you really do want to make sure you don't forget this step. Bottom and sides. Now we got our nuts ready to go. We got our flour ready to go. We got a, a big bowl, not a huge bowl because we're just making a smallish pan of these. You'll be glad later or else you'll be really sad, in which case you can make another batch. We want to put into this bowl a half cup of regular granulated sugar. Pour that in the bowl and then you want also, in addition, a half cup of packed brown sugar. Doesn't matter whether it's light brown or dark brown. I generally use dark brown. Just seems like maybe it's got a more intense flavor, which seems always a good thing to me. That goes in with the white sugar. And then we're going to stir that up with your wooden or silicone spoon. Just mix them until there's no more brown sugar lumps. If you have any, smash those down as you go. Okay, now your eggs, you want to put in a separate bowl. You want to crack two eggs into a separate bowl because we're going to beat them up before we add them here. And plus this gives you a chance to get rid of any shells before they get, oh, I actually have a piece of shell in there. That never happens to me. That's a lie. You can scoop that out by using the eggshell itself. Just dip it down in there like a spoon and scoop that out of there and then do the second egg. And then get yourself a small whisk or just a dinner fork and beat that up. You want it mixed up kind of like if it was scrambled eggs you were making. It doesn't have to be perfect. But what we want to do is get the whites and the yellows all mushed together. And then pour that in with the sugar. 
And then get your vegetable oil out. And if you're brave, you can use the same measuring cup you used for the sugars. You want a half cup. If you oh, see, yeah, it overflows a little bit. Usually it either overflows or it's not quite up to the edge, which means you don't have quite enough. And that's why they give us glass measuring cups for fluid measure. Oh, I don't think it's that big of a deal. So now what we have in this bowl is two kinds of sugar and some scrambled eggs and some oil. And now we're just going to mix all it up until it's all completely mixed in together. The eggs don't mix in perfectly until you've kind of messed with them a bit. And this is why you do it ahead of time, because otherwise you'd really be taking a while to get it all mixed in. Sometimes parts of the white don't particularly want to get incorporated. Yeah, I got one stubborn thing here, one string of egg white that doesn't want to mix in. What's the deal? Okay, I've smashed it as much as it's going to get. All right, now that flour we made, that gets stirred in here as well along with your eighth of a teaspoon of salt. These are dense and chewy and I don't know how to explain it. Almost, this is gonna sound really weird, but almost juicy. Okay, that, that really sounds odd, but you'll see what I mean when you eat them. So the flour and the uh, salt now, we're just going to stir that in until we have it all incorporated and we can't just see dry flour anywhere anymore. This takes a little patience. I was really surprised at how these turn out. I don't know, I don't know what in the world ma made them think that calling it pecan bread was the right thing because they are not. <laughs> they are pecan bars. They are very rich and very sweet and very wonderful, even if you're not a big fan of nuts. Once that's all mixed up, we're going to add the vanilla. You can use any vanilla you like. You're going to put a teaspoon of vanilla in here. If you happen to have pure vanilla extract double strength from Penzi Spices, they're the only people I know who make it. If you have that, then you just want half a teaspoon. If you're using any other vanilla, put in a full teaspoon. You won't be sorry. I started to give you the option to cut that back to what other people do, but I'm not going to give you that option. Don't do it. Put the whole shebang in. Stir in the vanilla now. And once that's mixed in and you can't see it anymore, we add the nuts. That's your cup of pecans that are all chopped up. And just sort of gently fold these in. What does that mean, you say? I've heard a lot of people say, yes, but how do you fold something that isn't paper? And the answer is, you take your spoon and you scoop along one side to the bottom. And then you bring it up around in like a circle. And bring the bottom to the top. And you do that several times. You're just gently bringing the bottom stuff to the top. So you're not exactly stirring. You're more folding the bottom up onto the top. That's what it means whenever you fold anything in. It just means gently bring the bottom stuff to the top repeatedly until everything's all mixed in. And it's gentler than stirring. And then we pour this into the greased baking dish. Very fast, very easy. This is a killer dessert, and you could easily serve this to company. You'd have to find a way to make it look special because it just looks like a sort of standard bar cookie, like a blondie or something maybe, only browner. 
but you would not want to, for instance, serve ice cream with it. I think, holy smoke, that would be way too much. Coffee, actually. A nice coffee with this and maybe a piece of fruit, like a strawberry on the plate. Although it's going to make the strawberry taste pretty sour because it's got so much sugar in it. But anyhow, I'm just trying to say that it tastes good enough to be a company dessert. We're just going to spread it around in the pan until it's level. And then here's another thing you can do. This is going to also sound crazy after I've just told you how sweet this is. But it gives a nice little crunch if you have some decorator sugar, some coarse sugar. I wouldn't do this, I think, with regular sugar. Don't bother because it's plenty sweet enough. But decorator sugar is large crystal sugar. I'm sprinkling it over the top just because it gives us a little additional crunch. There's already crunch in it from the nuts. But this is just kind of fun to find. Your mouth kind of goes, oh, what was that? And that's kind of fun. So I'm sprinkling that over the top. And then this goes in the oven. It's going to go in there for 30 minutes. You should check it at 30 minutes. You'll need a toothpick. The toothpick should come out clean, as in no gooey dough on it, or almost clean. Don't overcook these, although the outside edges just get chewier, and some people really like that part. I do. I prefer the edges. When the toothpick comes out almost clean, pull this out of the oven and then let it sit. It's going to sit and cool for at least 15 minutes. This is always the hardest part of a recipe is waiting to taste it. But you got to let it sit because otherwise it won't hold together when you cut it. And also it's going to stick badly to the pan. I mean, it's not going to completely not come out. Don't worry about that. It's, it's going to come out fine, but it'll be easier if it's a little bit cool. We're going to cut it into probably 16 squares, four slices all the way across in both directions, because as I said, they're really rich and you don't want them too big. And, and if you cut them small, this is always the best part, then you get to go back for a second one. And I would much rather have two going back for a second one than one big one. There's just something kind of indulgent and sweet about going back for a second piece. So cut them small. You are gonna love these. Trust me, even if you don't like nuts, you are gonna love these. Here are the amounts of the ingredients. If you wanted to make a nine by 13 inch pan of these, you would use two cups of pecans, one and a half cups of self-rising flour, one cup of sugar, one cup of brown sugar, one cup of vegetable oil, four eggs that you beat ahead of time, and two teaspoons of vanilla extract, and a quarter of a teaspoon of salt. And other than that, you make it just the way it says in the podcast. Tell your friends about the Cook Along podcast. Have them listen along to one of my podcasts. I did one a little while ago about an experiment with marshmallow treats that was really kind of fun. You could send that to them because everybody's probably had a marshmallow treat so they'll know what they're listening to. We did a taste test with something different. You can also find, of course, main dishes, side dishes, other kinds of cookies, breakfast ideas, all kinds of good stuff on the website, which is thecookalongpodcast.com. I would love to have you look at my Patreon page where you can contribute to the making of these by helping me buy ingredients, helping me buy equipment, helping me research new ideas, all that kind of thing. 
And if you want to talk to me, please visit the Facebook page for the Cook Along podcast. First at Patreon, I should tell you, just go to patreon.com and type in the Cook Along podcast and my page will come up and you can get full recipes there, printable. And the Facebook page is kind of the same. Just go to Facebook, type in the Cook Along podcast. You can message me. You can leave something in my timeline. You can tell me what you think. You can send me recipes to try. All of those things will get responded to as quickly as I see your messages. And until I talk to you there, or until next time, happy cooking! If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Kofi, ko-fi.com slash the Cook Along podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.